0: When you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is. It's two o'clock here at Mutiny Radio. Oh, and it's time. It's time to talk to our special guest, J.W. Blunt, who's got a show coming up this week. But you're listening right now to Some Call Me, Tim. Yeah, there, go. I actually timed it out right. I'm really excited. I have artist, musician, uh, all-around interesting guy to talk to. J. W. Blunt in the house, earring maker. What else, What? Do, what don't you do?
1: Yeah, you know, does I like to do a lot of things all at the same time because I get I get really bored.
0: You get yeah. So you wow. Yeah. So you make the. the I'm wearing the earrings. I've been getting a lot of compliments on them. They're, they're guitar pick earrings. And uh, people have been saying, like, oh, those are cu-, And that everyone thinks I play guitar. And I'm like, nope, nope, sing a little karaoke, but just, uh, just hanging out with musicians. Uh, so we met on the patio of benders. The most miraculous place in the world. And you have a show coming up this Sunday?
1: This Sunday at the Hotel Utah. Such a cool venue. Yeah, the doors open at 6 p.m. They got Impossible Burgers for all those vegans out there.
0: The Impossible Burger is weird, too. It tastes like meat. It does. I've had one. And we thought about having them at Bender's. But then we just decided, like, nah, we make a good veggie patty. Fuck it. But it's, like, made of coconut husk or something weird. I don't know. Okay, get one impossible yeah. burger but Hotel Utah is a beautiful beautiful space they have an amazing I love their stage that double story stage and it's like they've got the shipboat on the outside and you feel like you're like going into a ship and they've got like the mermaid up there and it's all it's like I had a really gross period like on the back of the wall coming down that red background anyways I love Hotel Utah
1: yeah and no, that was the last show that I was there there were some folks at the top they were blowing bubbles onto the stage oh uh, that's nice psychedelic very fun
0: uh so tell us about well first so this is this show is called some call me tim and usually you look deep into the eyes of sparkle jesus and i ask you do you believe in jesus
1: oh do i yeah just Um, that's just how we start the show usually yeah so you know my my whole thing was was interesting growing up because i had you know an aunt on one side that was a nun. Oh,
2: really?
1: and then a, yeah, so I got a ninety six year old nun in the family. Wow. Um, on my my dad's side and my mom's side, my my mom's dad was a Jew. Jewish. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I I grew up a Catholic Jew. Wow. Uh, which is we did both um holidays. So
0: you did, like, you, like, no Baruch and and el heil You know the whole, you know the whole prayers. You know, like, the that stuff and the lighting of the stuff and the challah bread and all the oh, the whole deal.
1: Kind of a little bit. Not, not, not really. You consider yourself, yeah. but
0: you, so you were raised more Catholic. So the Catholics were like, we want you to be more Catholic than Jewey.
1: To be honest with you, I feel like it was a little bit of an identity crisis. I was like, Am I, you know? So it was somewhere maybe in the middle.
0: Did, were you baptized? Were you baptized? Were no. you christened? Wow. So and did you do the thing where you dressed in white and you like walk down the thing when you're like seven or eight? What's that called? What's
1: I don't that know called? What that's I called. That tells you how. how yeah. yeah.
0: They do a thing when you're seven or eight where you wear white and you do some special shit and you walk down in front of the church and something happens. That's I, I wasn't Catholic but I was always like those are interesting rituals. And, and Jews have a lot of rituals, too. So actually, being a Catholic Jew kind of makes sense because there's heavy ritual in both.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so my my grandfather, my mom said I was um, really big in the scrap metal. Is, like huge.
0: collecting scrap metal or for a living?
1: Like, uh, like, For a living, for both. I know he was always really passionate about it, but uh, yeah. Was he in the Depression? Um, no, so it was back in the, the 70s and 80s, so they... But month. did he grow
0: up in the depression because, like, scrap metal?
1: Yeah, you know what is that? <laughs> I, I, that's a good question. You know what I think was always kind of interesting, you know, because doing the trash once a week, we're paying people to take our trash so they can make money off it, at least right? the cycles. Right, right. So, I mean, you're thinking about the scrap metal, you know, and I don't know. I don't know about the industry. Sure. Um, uh, but, you think about all this, uh, this scrap metal. A lot of this is thrown away.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're just well. We we're not recycling, recycling it, or what? You send it to China. What do we do? Wow, that'd be nice. To- <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, Grand Grandpa was a Jew, Grandma was a Catholic. You had an identity crisis with what? What do you consider yourself now? Are you religious in any way? Or are you just like I'm a
1: musician. I don't know. You know what it is? I'm really. You know, I'm a. I'm a true artist, a genuinely good person out for the best interest in the universe. Wow. I like high energy rock and roll. Um, that's kind of more what I was raised on, but So favorite bands growing up? Uh my I was raised on Aerosmith and ZZ Tops, wow. but my favorite band of all time is Led Zeppelin.
0: Oh wow, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, Living, loving. Yeah. Uh, my stripper song is... My pole dancing song would be... There's a Led Zeppelin song. The... The um,
1: immigrant song?
0: It's a... I, and I should remember... Da, 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 it, da, 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 no. It's... um. It's, it's a really... It's... I can't even remember right now. I drank too much last night. My brain... That's the shit with alcohol is like... It's legal, but it... It, it fucks with like all kinds of parts of your body. It's not just like... I don't know. I just like, it makes me kind of dumb. So I can't remember. The, the not Aerosmith. But I did love Aerosmith when I was growing up. They were some of the first um, MTV videos I saw were to- by Aerosmith. Loving an elevator, living it up, and you're going down. Which is like, I can't believe my church didn't break that down.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get the, was it Toys in the Attic album?
0: probably I, I we were more of You 2 fans but I listened to a lot Aerosmith got to be like top 40 like that was just like what was played everywhere right like yeah. with you Madonna and and Aerosmith were like side by side in the 80s I felt like like it was just like this is the pop music but is there rock pop music now like what's rock like, like rock pop
1: Rock pop. There's definitely, you know, a lot of um, pop around um, in, in the Bay Area. Um, you know, there's a the band, a local band called Nalamora. Oh. Um, they're like really pop and, and punk and they're the Peace Love Party Band.
0: Oh.
2: And
1: um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's really great. There's a lot of different influences too. So it's like, it's definitely, you know, some pop in there. So. What, would
0: you call, what would you call your music now? You said you used to do high energy rock, but now what would you call your solo action
1: Um, You know, so for me, my two number one influences on guitar were Jimi Hendrix and uh, Jimmy Page. Wow. And so, but the thing is, is if you have that on the acoustic, it kind of sounds, it sounds different. You know, Electric Ladyland on the acoustic sounds a little, you know. Sure. Uh, So it's, um, when you play it on the guitar, I feel like I have a lot of... um, You know, I've gotten more into jazz too, so I have to incorporate some jazz.
0: All right, but and you're singing at the same time.
1: Oh yeah, so that's
0: so hard. How do you syncopate that? Like, it's. I mean, I don't know. It's you just do it. It's like you. I don't know. I don't know. How how long have you been playing music?
1: Yeah, so you know, as I I picked up my uh, first guitar when I was six years old. Wow. I had a older cousin. Uh, he was about, you know, five years older than me. I was the oldest of my immediate family, but he was like my older brother, and so I thought he was the coolest. Th- I still Hell think he's yeah. the coolest. Th- <laughs> and so, um, I I played a guitar. I was just like I wanted to be like him. And the first song I learned how to play was a uh, "Smoke on the Water."
2: What? Oh,
1: I think that's a pretty smoke common on one. The yeah.
0: water. That's great. Fire in the sky. Yeah, it's awesome. And you are like six.
1: Six, yeah.
0: And you were playing Smoke on the Water? Wow.
1: That's it's rad. It's going be done. It's, you can do well, it. Well,
0: I yeah. mean, but it's just cool that like... So you had an affinity to You picked it up and you were like, I can do this. As a child, every time I picked up a guitar, I was like, I don't know what to... Ah! Like it just didn't... I played piano because I was like, this makes sense to me. These are in this linear... Group like this is a note and this is a it follows and this is a half note and this is a third and this is it was like here we go and but it was it was all set out but the the guitar is like I mean I guess some people find it intuitive but it's like how do you figure out like you just your fingers are like this is where this sound comes from and it but the notes aren't in a line it's like you have to do different chords it's crazy to me that how people.
1: Yeah, so power chords are great. I know we met at Bender's. That's a really great yeah. rock and roll is. And, you know, power chords, you could just... You could do power chords. It's what, just, what's a power chord? So power chords are just... um, It's like a, a major uh, chord, except you just play the top uh, three strings. But, so Zeppelin actually kind of started, you know, the whole alternative rock thing. So well, the thing is, if you distort a whole bar chord... chord mm then the harmonic levels are too high. So when you distort it and you're more alternative, it just makes more sense to, it, it sounds a lot better in power chord. Huh.
0: So did you actually study music theory as well? Or you just picked it up. You were like, I'm, pl- I'm a guitar player. No, I'm six. And then you just start playing it and you're like, this is what I do. Or did you like study?
1: No, yeah, no. I kind of just picked it up and it was all self-taught for the most part. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And but and you've been playing for well so
0: give us you don't have to tell us how old you are now but just tell us how many years you've been playing for <laughs> and oh, we could do, do the math, math if yeah. people
1: remember. It was sixteen years. No wait, no more than that. Ooh, I think I'm twenty six years. oh yeah. right
0: Wow. Um, and you said you were in a band previously. What what made you go out on your own? What what was the impetus to like? I'm striking out on my own. Did the band fall apart or were you just like the dynamic wasn't working or was it? Why did you decide that? You yeah,
1: so you know what it was is that we um, we started this band back in 2013 um, out of a, a garage in East Oakland. And this guy, you know, he's amazing drummer. Um, his name is Royce Jones. And, uh, you know, we, we had this all set up as place and we started writing songs. And in, in this th- high-energy thrash, um, rock, high-energy rock band that I was sure. in, I played a bass guitar. And so um, it was a... It was a lot of fun. Uh, what ended up happening, so we, we did uh, find a drummer, and he was amazingly talented. Um, his name is Brandon Freed. And uh, we got this really awesome set together, and we were rocking, like Eli is High Club. Up. And um, we, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so our, our drummer ended up uh, getting signed to um, Columbia Records. What? Yeah.
0: As, like, an independent artist or, like, as a, like, just drumming behind other people? Like a... As a drummer. Drummer yeah. for hire. hmm Wow.
1: Wow. And so, he for, um, was it the band called The Neighborhood? Okay. They're signed under Columbia Records. Yeah.
0: And so that's why it broke, it broke up, because someone got too successful.
1: Yes, yeah, So what it was <laughs> is that we wanted to keep it going. Um, that's funny. And it's really, you know, funny because, you know, as, a, as an artist, you know, and... You go and you meet and you have this really solid set together. And right. everything's perfect. Everything's like perfect. And then you go and you're recruiting somebody, recruiting another drummer. So to find somebody that could play drums just like he or she does. Oh, yeah. Or, That's and tough. collaborate on an artistic level outside of that. Right. Which was just...
0: It, you couldn't find the fit.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's almost like, you know when you if someone mounts a production of like the lion king or something but then when it goes on tour someone else has to act or like even a better the only thing i can think of is like um in musical theater like michael crawford's uh you know and they say oh it's michael crawford's the phantom of the opera and then when you have another actor that isn't michael crawford they're trying to be michael crawford you know like so it's like instead of being authentic to the art and to the moment and to the play or the musical they're trying to be like the person who did it a different way so it's like a facsimile like a simulacrum and how do you find that when you're like our drummer was so great and they're gone be like this guy that's really hard because you know they might be heavy with the symbols or they have their own things and quirks and ticks and then to try to you know say like be like this that's got to be that's got to be tough and drummers always spontaneously combust. That's also difficult.
1: Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, he did. Your drummer got... He just... Poof, <laughs> went to Columbia Records. Real money. Is that is that something you're looking for in the future? Like, to make... let To be an artist full-time? Is that, like... Is that, like, the goal? Or...
1: You know what is, uh, i uh, I'm really passionate about our community here. And there's definitely, there's so many artists, there's so many, you know, poets and, <laughs> and barters. And there's all of these artists that are here. Yeah. You know, and I really want to just do, bring it together, you know. I was at this art show or this photography art show last night. My friend, um, Mark Lozano, um, had these uh, pictures up at a uh, Beer Bottle Brewery. Oh, I love Place. And so it was this really cool vibe, you know. I mean, it's it's a dog friendly brewery, yeah. Shout out to
0: them, they're, they're right off the 24 line. Uh, when it when Cortland meets the nine bus, when Cortland meets Bayshore, and it's just a little like they barely walk up the hill, and there they are, and it's great, right? Bare bottle brewing, isn't that the place?
1: Yes, yeah, so yeah so it's right off the 24.
0: That? I think of bus lines, that's just how I. Get around, so I'll be like, take the nine bus to the twenty-four. But you can, you can just walk up the hill. But that place is amazing. They have a cat in that other room, so they have that big they room do. that's like vacuous, and it would be good for bands because it's sort of echo. But then that side room is great for all kinds of other things, like poetry or whatever. And they have a
1: cat in there, and it's
0: really cool. Like they have a brewery cat. Yeah, I've talked cat to that cat for a while. I'm like, I
1: love cats. They also, it's like a barcade, so they have darts. They have a, you know. Um, all these art pinball machines, and there's and your friend's photography. Yeah, yeah, go thing. see it.
0: Yeah. So parabolic. So that's what you did last night, and you were like, "Oh, I feel the community." Or like,
1: yeah, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot, though. Um, they're just, you know, out there, rocking in the free world. They're they're out there, but yeah, we we have a community here. I feel like you know the whole social media thing. You know, it's really there's a lot of positive things, and I'm not. You know pro tech but i'm not anti-tech you know i'm just kind of somewhere in between so you know we we had this house show the other day we invited you know a couple hundred people whoa um and we found that more people that came were from actually people that we met in more of an organic way sure when you're getting these invites you know, interested in that kind of thing it's like there's no where's the human interaction and so that that's liars. You know, so walking into you know Mark and you know his his photography. You know, open mics. There's a lot of open mics around here too. Yeah, one specifically uh, ran by the Bard of the Lower Hate. I've never heard of this one Clyde Always
0: oh Clyde Always I know Clyde Always he's a he's a champion he's so funny but it's like is he a comic or a poet doesn't matter he's entertaining as fuck I love that guy I've, his show the Clyde Always show and, and then he does the he does the best flyers he's got like crazy artists do flyers for him and uh, what a talented guy
1: yeah so I got one of his uh, zines uh, it's pretty cool yeah yeah <laughs> it's so cool Yeah, so it's just real, you know, he has the open mics, um, they they host the open mics on Friday nights at Hotel, or sorry, Hotel, what am I saying? Hotel
0: Utah, it's you on Sunday, that's Um, you on Sunday at 6 o'clock.
1: Yeah, that's me on Sunday. Hotel Utah. Hotel Utah on Sunday. JW Blunt, go see you. I will be at that open mic. Um, at Cafe International with Clyde Owens this this Friday.
0: Oh, right on! It's a
1: total hipster spot. I feel like it is. I've done poetry
0: there before. It's not the best room for poetry though, because it's so vacuous and like, and with the the my it's set up for music. It's like, and who wants to? I mean, come on, it's poetry. But but still, uh, some people perform poetry still, and they do a great job. Do you know my my favorite local band one of them is uh, the Wyatt Act. Do you know the Wyatt Act? Yeah, it's a yeah, don't Young big fucking song. deal. Yeah. She used to be a poet. That's how she and I met. Uh at we used to do 16th at that still happens on Thursday nights where you just go to the 16th admission and there's like a from 10 to midnight it's people just perform, and like, there's no microphone, but it's an open mic, and that's how I met, um, Guinevere, Q's, no big fucking deal, many, many years ago, like, like, maybe in, like, 2008 or 2009, probably, so, I, I made the weed cake for their wedding, Oh, my awesome. yeah, they they got yeah, married at this woman Caravita's house and they had an open mic at their wedding cuz they're amazing and I made this neapolitan weed cake so it was chocolate strawberry and vanilla and I was like there's it, it wasn't that strong I tried to make it a little bit weak but by the end of the part she was their parents and stuff were like how much weed is in here and I was like uh this is years ago I, I think I was like it was it was 0.5 you know, grams per something and, and they're like, What does that mean? And by the end of the party they were like old people shoving cake into their face. It was so funny. Like the whole place just devo and everyone was smoking joints. They were rolling joints. It was crazy.
1: It's pretty rock and roll.
0: <coughs> cool people. It's a cool
1: community. Yeah, life's a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, you should play a song for us. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So this one's the latest one. Um, <coughs> it it's funny I was having a conversation with a friend of mine um, and we're talking about how weird is the new cool, but then we're thinking, no, it's this new normal, right? How uh, Weird is the new and cool. I feel like you should, we're kind of just like, gotta embrace your weirdness and who you are, you know? So.
0: Hell yeah. J.W. Just, Blunt, everyone here on Psalm. Call me Tim.
3: It's a collection of colors we can possibly uncover If you could paint the groove underneath your color Sometimes it's kind of hard to find When you think you've lost your mind when really being weird was killed cool the whole time Online space No thanks This isn't a very fashionable place For me and you Even though we're stuck in a tech boom And just because you are a radio host. Oh, yeah. Weird's the new normal. Weird's the new normal. Weird's the new normal. Weird's the new of colors we can possibly uncover if you could paint the groove underneath your color sometimes it's kind of hard to find when you think you've lost your mind when really being weird was cool the whole time The new normal. Weird's the new normal. Weird's the new normal. Weird's the new (laughs) normal. I didn't make more weird faces, huh? Weird's the new normal. Weird's the new normal.
0: W. Blood. Yay! That was great! That was like all oh, a garden shit, like with the weird chords and stuff, and then that was so great and funny and cheeky.
1: I love your stuff. It's great. Yay!
0: Yeah, dude, this sure. Sunday at Hotel Utah. You're perfect for Hotel Utah. Like, it's the perfect space. i got a
1: rockin' or jammin' bass player, Allie Jones. She, uh, yeah, so she's gonna be, uh, we're gonna be playing, um, that, that sad. And uh, she hosts the uh, the Bizarre Cafe open mic at, oh. on Thursdays, which awesome. is awesome. Really so you're into the
0: whole open mic scene. I've been wanting to have a music open mic here at Mutiny, but I just don't know any people. I just haven't known any people that... I mean, I know Guinevere, Guinevere Q, the Wyatt Act is played here um, when we've worked with Noise Pop. they played on the street. Oh, nice. And it was great. Um But and they they were here the night that the ABC busted us, um, the Alcohol Beverage Control busted us. Uh, on the night where they were playing, and it was so funny because there were twelve people in the building, including the band, and we had beers and we had a sign that was like, "Give the," b-. I mean, because they brought the beers and they were like, "They're like four, but give us four bucks for a beer," and the ABC busted us. It was, and then they wrote oh, a song wow. about it. They wrote a song about they did. like,
1: "Oh my gosh, that's what it was about." Yeah, yeah I've heard that about song about before. Here. That is hilarious. Don't call the cops. I yeah. love that song. Yeah, whenever you're in Young you're just so freaking talented. Yeah,
0: breakfast. I mean. They're all of them. I, I met Breakfast years ago. All of them. Like, it's just... It's great that it's great that music still exists in San Francisco. Because I, I do... You mentioned the tech boom in your song. And I don't know how you feel about it. Like, that is... Are the new influx of people eroding the art? Or are they having the money to support the art? Like, it's kind of this... Like, oh, they're ruining everything. Because they're just like... Uh, unartistic scum or whatever. I was actually
1: having that conversation with someone, uh, yesterday, the day before, it's just for me personally, like anything that I feel like other people could think of as being negative, I look at as a challenge. Mm. So there's a lot of people out there that just, you know, they're, I feel like everyone overthinks things. Right. But for me personally, if I'm going to overthink something, I would prefer to overthink the things that I want. Out of life and what I want out of the universe, you know. Right,
0: yeah. It takes the same amount of energy to be positive as it does to be negative. It takes the same amount of energy to be angry or to be stressed or to be calm. It's the same, like it's the same energy. It's just how we focus it. And then I get you, like, but and so it's a challenge. All these new people moving in, but they have money. So that's the thing too. Is like. As artists, shouldn't we embrace them and be like, "You're soulless monsters," but you have money, and maybe you can appreciate art. Give us money! (laughs) Like, yeah, no, I feel like they're not soulless monsters, but sometimes I feel that way with, I don't know, people under thirty when they when they make like you know over two hundred thousand dollars a year. It's like, what are they even going to do with the money? Like, right? Like, I guess that's that's what Lyft is for, and that's what you get delivered everything and everything's DoorDash or whatever it's like I don't know so maybe my problem with it is that I'm I'm seeing this divide I'm seeing this new service economy grow and and I'm seeing the people with money making more money and then I, I don't know it's almost like we're the service industry is we're like leeches on the, we're like we need you and I guess entertainment is a service yeah so we're like give us give us your money. We appreciate our art. Come on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to get them to,
1: to I think to... busking. Is that oh yeah? <laughs> At Bar do you do that? Um you know as I have before, I think it's really um interesting, you know, because like being a musician and being in San Francisco and uh being an artist is a really, you know, interesting thing. You know, I know that, you know, homelessness is it isn't a San Francisco just in San Francisco, it's a global thing too. Right. But with um, with the way that things are in San Francisco, if you're out in the street, I feel like in playing guitar, playing music, or you're kind of in this category, this 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 category. And I don't want to say, you know, anything. You know, it's like if this person's playing music on the street, how are they able to live here, basically? Right. And right. so you're kind of fall into that category, which is, you know, the not very, you know, not true in all, on all cases. So there's, there's, you know, we have a great group of people here. You know, yeah. I, um, I was afraid, you know, we went to this house party or sorry, no house show. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, man, you know, what if, you know, somebody gets too, you know, drinks a little too much and falls down. I don't know. It wasn't that, that wasn't happening. Right. Well, um, we're not kids anymore. I feel anymore. like that's the difference between a house show and going to a dive bar to watch a friend play. Right. And by experience, I'm just not saying every everything, but it's when you're playing at someone's, playing at a house, it has this more of a organic thing. I'm not saying, you know, going to dive bars and watching bands is because cool, I'm going to amnesia later. Actually. Oh, right on. I love yeah. amnesia. But there's something about the house shows. So I think that's how it is. The answer, I think that's one of the solutions is to instead of for bringing the texts and the artists together to have more house shows. Sure. And so, um, the th- yeah, I mean, I was up and I'm going to talk. The homeless is a really big it's, thing here. It's crazy. And, and topic of conversation. But, I, you know, I went to Venice Beach a couple months ago and I was just like, you know what? This feels a little even
0: were you know, there more? Was there a, was there a large it was mainly population? The, you
1: know, the the Starbucks, all the Starbucks. There's somebody living in the bathroom. Just like oh, hey, you know, like, that's a Not even San funny Francisco license. They all like to hang out at the Safeway on a, on Market. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, now that is a scene. Um, it,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: I that that Safeway is the sketchiest Safeway, but
1: it's the unsafe way.
0: It's the unsafe way. It's it's hard. We have um, they just did a census and we have 8,500. Questionably housed people. I don't like to call them homeless because I find it stigmatizing. So I say questionably housed, but that's because I'm into pronouns or whatever. I'm just being cheeky about it. But honestly, I just came back from Portland I was there for eight days and I saw one pile of human feces in eight days and I was taking the bus and I was all over the city on the south side and the north end and I was on each side of the river in Portland and in eight days I saw one pile of human feces and it was funny because I was on the phone with my boyfriend and I'm like I saw my first pile of human feces finally this place is I was like how is Portland doing it like I don't. I just couldn't. I didn't see. I didn't see what's happening to us here, and then that's what makes me think of the divide even more. That, like, I read this article in the New York Times where it was, um, this girl. She was like, "Ah, when I'm going to Twitter every day to go to my job, I have to step over homeless people and like piles of feces." And it's like, "When are we gonna deal with us?" And it was in the New York Times, and it was just. I'm sorry, I did a Becky voice, but it was like, we're the. We could solve this. Like, how, Portland solved it. There's no human feces on the ground. And the questionably housed aren't, like, wandering the streets in, like, a cracky heroin haze or whatever. The, whatever's going on. Like, why Why can't we solve this? Why are we okay with, like, yeah. huge amounts of f- human
1: feces? Yeah, so what it is is just like, and especially that, that Soma area, they're calling it, you know you know we're twitter and and that is i i totally get it i feel like it is very amplified it is a problem i'm not saying it is a problem because it definitely is a problem but it is amplified because we're so tech savvy here Mm. that it's just the second that something happens it's on social media it's like you know like a grass fire of (laughs) of you know so it's uh there's we just need to do something about it. You know, I mean, just instead of talking about it and complaining about it, we need right. we need to make, you know, what's lemonade, the action? You know, lots of lemonade. Well,
0: I think the solution. Is there's only 25 public restrooms in San Francisco, and the majority of them are like there's one at 16th Mission and there's one at Market Street, and they're like these self cleaning things, and if the city could po- Because it's also a private person that does them. There's a private company. Someone else pays for it. But I'm like, if the city could double that amount, and then if Google could double that amount, so we'd have 100 bathrooms in the city instead of 25. I think that that would be a start. I mean, I just don't see why we don't provide more public restrooms for people. Like, I I just, I don't get it. I just, I'm like, why why do we make it you have to you have to buy something or you have to cause you can't just walk into a Starbucks anymore yeah they won't let you they'll be like they, they got that
1: code. actually pretty figured out here the Safeway does not the UnSafeway does not have it figured out but the Starbucks in San Francisco have to say they got it figured out
0: they, they have you have to have code
1: yeah I mean
0: and you don't get the code unless you buy a cup of coffee it's pretty it's pretty simple yeah. but then I'm like well, why can't we why can't like isn't that like a human like it's a human thing like everybody everybody eats everybody poops where do, I mean, and then we just turn a blind eye to it. We're like, oh, not, not here. I mean, but then isn't it funny? You're when, onto something. When people pick up their dog shit, like I, it's so funny in this neighborhood because you know, and it's human feces because no one's picked it up because people actually are conscientious about their fucking dogs and they pick it up. <laughs> There's got to be a joke in there somewhere. Yeah, no,
1: I, yeah, you know what?
0: Write I mean, a song about it.
1: About
4: about About pooping and dogs Picking up the dog poop But not the human poop
3: I picked up my dog poop today
1: I don't have a toilet to go to So I'm gonna poop on the street I'm
3: gonna poop on the street decision I got a world mission make me big make me tall make me strong so I don't fall
1: uh-huh. yeah <laughs> J.W. Blunt on the fly making up
4: songs good stuff
1: yeah, my cousin was just a huge influence to me. Uh, he always made these songs up on the spot. Oh. It was so. I felt like that was almost like... It was just so cool. I I don't know how he came up with this stuff. I'm like, these lyrics, I'm like, where do these come from? It's like, when you're... And that's what's really cool about, you know, art, and especially, you know, with, with music, is that you're kind of flowing... The art is through the sound waves. Right. So it's it's really cool and trying to, to collaborate and just like that conversation we just had. I mean, you could just... We can make everything we want to do into a song, basically. Right. I love musical theater. And then we can go and like, have house shows and and busk and um, break the whole stereotype. So the thing was really funny. I have to say, yeah. this is freaking hilarious. At least for me, I've always got to be having fun. I feel like I've always got to you know be enjoying yeah. myself. So I thought it'd be funny. Actually, last last year, the day after Halloween, to go to um, the Mission District. And busk around in a uh, Christmas sweater. Oh. And so it was hilarious. And so I did all... I mean, so if somebody's wearing a Christmas sweater the day after Halloween and walking around the Mission District, yeah. playing stuff, it's just like, who is that? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on here? You know, yeah. there's something a little... So it was hilarious. I was at Casanova Lounge and uh, we're, you know, sitting down and, you know, somebody spilt their drink all over my friend. And it was just really just this kind of awkward thing, you know, where it was just, you know, when someone pours their drink all over you, it's yeah. like, okay, it's yeah. like, you spilled your whole freaking drink on me. It right. wasn't like, like a little, you know, a splash. It was like, this guy spilled his whole i was like, just, oops, this drink. Oh, I'm, I'm just yeah. like, this is a really kind of a, a, a strange moment. And I had the guitar with me. So I busted out into like some Frank Sinatra.
4: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> a, yeah. Um, they'll
0: defuse any situation strangers
1: in the night yeah oh. and um so it was funny a Christmas you know sweater. and so i think that that that's kind of what is and when i'm saying was the whole thing and how that happened it was like well maybe if i was not wearing a christmas sweater the day after halloween maybe they you know maybe i was dressed a little little more what's the right word conservative know I mean, i'm not going to say ever conservative Right. no because it's yeah that's never a <laughs> uh, conversation um i but i was dressed nicer I mean, I'm not talking about skinny ties or anything, but like if I was dressed a little nicer, then would have, they basically said, hey, um, we you can't play. And everyone's like, no. <laughs> well, everyone else is around and they're like chanting. They're like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. Oh, but they wow. don't have a, a a license. Oh. So that's what it is. It's like, you know, you could, and I'm really, you know, could conscious and I really, trouble. you know, about the business owners here in San Francisco. I just don't want to risk anything like that. but they I don't have an
0: events license in their bar and then i get you but but if you're you're carrying around a guitar you could break out in a song come on the world's a, the world's a stage They're you know what did they yeah. tell you to stop were they like you got to stop playing music it was
1: very it was nice you know i was with a group of people uh and so it was just like oh yeah stop I'm just, I'm just like i think it was just he didn't even think about it. it's like okay there's somebody playing guitar in my the bar and he's wearing a christmas sweater and it's november 1st what's right. going on this is kind of weird and then he realized, oh, wow, this, maybe this, I guess he figured out that I was legit. I right. Mean, I wasn't the one that spilt the drink over everyone. Right. You know, I was yeah. the one.
0: <laughs> you were the one, like, keeping the peace and singing Frank Sinatra.
1: Yeah. Strangers in the day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dropping their drinks on you. It'll all be okay. <laughs>
3: Someday, when I'm awfully low. When Casanova's closed
1: <laughs> I, I, <I'm>
4: <laughs> They're still alive though, right? The Casanova
0: I'm worried about Valencia Street I mean, the elbow room's gone Like It's it feels the Valencia like room now It's the Valencia room now
1: Yeah, so I just was there last night I thought night. they
0: were going to knock it down And make a big place to live for more rich people
1: What was that about? Yeah, no. That's what they're so, doing at Hemlock They redid it um, And I was just actually there yesterday It's called the Valencia room It's exactly the same It has the same smell when you walk in Huh yeah, does it just cost the more? same arcade games? Wow, the same you know photo booth. It's got everything is ex- felt the same. They, what happened except for the upstairs?
2: Oh, and
1: I don't know. It's um a little bit more basic than it huh. was before. I felt like when I was uh up there, you know, I watched a punk rock show, like the Fleshies. I don't know if you've seen them. They're freaking amazing live. I saw the crowd circle. It was so cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was very um. What's the right word? I think a dive is like an understatement of what the upstairs was. It was
0: Oh no, I've been there. I've done I, I had some great shows up there. That's why I was upset I was when the place the closed is one of my biggest coups I got to do literary deathmatch and I and I won. I won my I won my I won my won my thing and it was like I performed um, a chapter from my book and I memorized it because you only get seven minutes on literary deathmatch, and it, the place was stacked with people this is back when people used to like literature in San Francisco now everything's changed but like I memorized a chapter and I knew it was exactly seven minutes because if you go over seven minutes they shoot you with a squirt gun and uh, I beat this guy and then years later he was a professor in one of my classes in graduate school and he remembered me he's like you beat me in literary death match and i was like yes i did <laughs> but it's because i'd memorized it and i like performed it instead of like everyone else just like fucking read their chapter you know but i was like no way but so like the elbow room is but and i i got to do i made it to the semi-finals of the um sexy um guitar Uh, air guitar finals air guitar dancing finals and I did that there and that was super fun and there's another show I did I must have done something else but I love that I'm I so grateful that's that it's
1: there still I was like you said I was concerned that they were going to turn it into you know uh, an apartment complex yeah. so I was relieved even though I was bummed so they moved actually Elbow Room to Jack London Square I've been there it's much smaller I have not been there yet and so I'm you know I just it's cool actually the Elbow Room and what I really liked about Elbow Room and I know you know a lot of people that listen you know listen in is it felt it was the closest thing the, you know CBGB's besides vendors sure it was like this this kind of rock and like rock and roll venue it had yeah. this really kind of I don't know I it just... was
0: big too the, the new elbow room in Jack London Square is like a third of the size of the upstairs area like it feels sort of the same but it's just like you can maybe fit like 60 people in their standing it's that small. It's not. Yeah. It's not like it was before. Like where, like you can hey, fit what, 120 people up there. Stand. That's
1: what I'm saying. You go there, you know, get 60 people in there, and then go to a house show afterwards. Right. Yeah. you got it. Yeah. Um,
0: so, I I love your stuff. Play another song for us. Yeah. So You're you know, what, um, and we have to remind everybody that Hotel Utah on Sunday at six o'clock. Do they pay? Do they have to pay? Or do they just give you um,
1: tips? There is a ten dollar cover. Oh, there you go, um, Brad. But it's it's yeah it's. Uh, it's totally worth it. Yeah. The, Who yeah. are you playing with? Just you? I'm playing with uh, Kevin North, Adrian West, uh, sorry, West, and Rob, W-R-O-B. All very talented, great lineup. Uh, Rob is going to be hosting, which I'm excited about that. We're going to be raffling off um, some can some track suit and, and some candies. It's going to be really... A track suit? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's very fun. We're going to encourage people to be, you know, active
0: yeah um, but Hotel Utah 6 o'clock $10 also uh, the, the they have a really good drink special it's like a shot and a beer for 8 bucks so
1: make that 3 Boilermakers please yeah
0: <laughs> you can't go wrong in Hotel Utah it's a cool place
1: yeah so um, so gosh we have something I was just saying is we have a community of people right? there's really just and you got you know athletes artists and you know the, the Golden State Warriors you know, uh. especially being like a Bay Area native for me it's just such a Surreal thing and what you know they've done uh, for the community, you know, uh, and the players on the team and and just um, setting a great example for you know the the future generations. Uh, how humble and and um, it's just uh, it's been a great thing. So this song is um, I wrote as a it's my Golden State Warriors song. And oh it's my about,
4: God, I love you! I love, I love the Warriors. You have a Golden State Warriors
1: song. Yeah. So, um, so what it is is it? Basically, yeah, it's about being a musician and and all that. yeah. I'm so excited. Here it goes.
3: I don't see you too much cause I'm buskin' out in the city. I wake up, I stroll outside, people think I'm sophisticated and witty. I'm a chick with a trick, I'm a man with a plan. That's me all my friends from East Coast to Japan. I'm talking about Tokyo. Tokyo, Japan. So I miss your social media call. I miss that call, cause I was on the court playing basketball. I spiked it so hard, you think I am seven foot tall They try to win, they can't, we didn't even have Kevin Durant That's me on my Amigos 2 Flood Splash, golden blue I don't see you too much, cause I'm busting out in the city I wake up, I stroll outside, people think I'm so sophisticated So I saw you at bazaar last night It was very nice Everyone's huddled outside and having a good time I swooped in the door, we had a couple of cheers I walked down the street, I haven't felt this way in years I don't see you too much, cause I'm busking Out in the city I wake up, I stroll outside, people think I'm so. Pretty, you're really pretty too. The finest breakfast entree of them all. You're really pretty, pretty. The finest Chicapino of them all. I'm a chick with a trick, a Chicapino. I'm a chick, will trick, a chickapinta, so I miss your social media call, I miss that call cause it's on the court, playing basketball,
0: Warriors, <laughs> Warriors, come on to play. Gonna, tomorrow, that's going to. They're going to murder the Raptors. They're just going to wipe the floor with them. I don't even know if Kevin Durant's playing or not. I don't think they need him. I I, I don't think they need him. I have a, I have a joke about the Golden State Warriors too. It goes like this: it goes, you know, we live in a Golden State. I don't know if you've tried that uh, new restaurant. Um, it's called the Bandwagon. It's it's in it's in Oakland. Uh, I went there and I got a green curry in a clay bogut.
3: We where's that? I know that. No, I'm making
0: a joke. It it's a delicious. place called the Band But the Green Curry and a play Clay Bogan. I put all the names together and I was like, look, I'm a genius. Um I used to have a longer joke but with more names in it, like um I had to rush to my cur so I didn't splash all over my Iguidala. I was anyways, it's just the names of people on the Warriors.
1: I'm very excited. They're gonna they're gonna merge. They're just them. such a brilliant, amazing team. It's I mean, crazy. Just students, you know, we have a great community here, and you know, we're we're bigger than the machine, you know. We're Are we? I think so. You think? Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, do you feel the jaws of the machine clamping down, or you're just you're like, I see it as a like you said earlier, you see it as a challenge. You don't you don't ever feel like I've ever I've been having conversations with people on the back patio of Bender's eight hundred six elfenest where they felt like. Like, there's a general anxiety that they're dealing with now. Like, people are having antidepressants more than ever before. Like, people are being... Like, just there's just this general level of stress because of what's happening in our nation. Like, I think that it's really affecting people. Like, that... I I feel it. Like, I feel like there's this big, crazy weight of scariness of, like racism and misogyny and homophobia and transphobia and like ageism and sizeism and sexism. It's like all of the isms are like
1: coming at once. I had a really, you know, it's interesting, you know, growing up uh, when I was in kindergarten, I think they had um, a parent teacher meeting with all the the parents of all the the students in the class. And they said basically to have this conversation with your, your kid because the, you know, yeah gosh, nineties were so weird. People were really homophobic in the nineties. So yeah. homophobic. So what it was is that I had the conversation with my mom. My mom had that conversation with me. It's like, hey, you know, JW, you know Don't be gay. Have you, have you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, she didn't actually. She didn't. She said, um, she was um Hey, JW, you know, regardless if you like girls or if you like boys, I love we love you no matter what. And um at that point, it was really interesting, you know, in that public school system that I went to, that they, they did that. And uh, at that point, after that, I didn't really identify myself with being a, a man or a woman or a girl or a boy. I identified myself as being a person, Ooh. which was really, you know, strange. So that's where the whole Chicopino comes from. But anyways, yeah.
0: Sure. Well, I was thinking, I, I'm Chicopino. I, I was like, are you part Filipino
1: or something? Like, what's... Who's, yeah, it sounds like an Italian dish. Someone it said does. the other day, yeah. I'm yeah. like it's it's that. It's Chicapino. Very Italian mom. Not really, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um,
0: where, where, where does Chicopino come from?
1: Yeah, so it's a, a term that my cousin and I uh, came up with. And so what it is, and what it is for me, I never identify myself with being a boy or girl, or a man or a woman. I identify myself with being a person. Right. And so I feel like, you know, chick is one of those... Slang words, you know, you know, and Pino is just this kind of added on thing. And so what we did, we just invented the word was um, the urban dictionary. Pino is, um, it means it's somebody that doesn't identify with being a man or a woman or a boy or girl. Right on.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, it would be, I mean, my life would have been very different if I wasn't gendered. Um... And forced into the gender roles that I was as a child. Because, like, it's like that Cheryl, um, that Lean In book by the Cheryl lady, who was the Facebook lady. And she says that if only when I was little, people would have said I had good leadership skills instead of calling me bossy. And, like, when I read that, I was like, oh, wow. Because little That's girls, so true. little girls aren't supposed to be bossy. Little boys aren't <laughs> bossy. They're, have leadership skills or they're a boss but little girls when they have opinions are bossy and they told they were always there was always the message of like just just sit there look pretty and look pleasant like it was it was like a trope from my childhood is can't you just not talk and look pleasant and it was like so my appearance, my entire everything is based on my appearance. Like everything is, it has nothing to do with what I think. It has nothing to do with how I act. The acting is shut up and be a pretty girl. Like that was the message that I got. Oh well, it's, you know, it's misogyny. It's fine. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's not like I'm, I mean, I feel terrible for my friends who had to come out of the closet or had to be like, that their gender was that they decide. i mean i would have loved to be a boy i mean i oh, would have been so good like if i could have been a boy oh oh i felt like life would be so much easier and maybe that's just from the girl perspective being like i don't know it would have been easier if i was a boy but i always felt like boys had it so easy like people listen to them girls when when you're a boy or a man, and you make a decision, people do it. When you're a lady, they form a committee. <laughs> and they're like, let's talk about this decision you made. And it's like, that's not cool.
1: It, well, it just, it I'm is very naive is. to that. And I'm, you know, that's, I was, um, my mom, you know, my mom uh, ran a daycare. Oh. And so that's oh. how she was able to stay home with us. And that's where I got my entrepreneurial spirit from. I was, yeah. yeah, it's really, it's, um, and I remember, gosh, just being a little kid, a little brother walking down the street. And it was very, I felt, I mean, we'd walk by, my mom, you know, was a looker, or she still is, <laughs> <Right> <laughs> um, well, she's in her 50s, but, yeah, and she looked, she's great, uh, so we would walk by and, god, the people, she would get catcalled, and I just, oh, uh, what? and I'm just, like, I remember walking, being a little kid, maybe, like, and try and it behind her, so wow. the, the people, or the, they couldn't see her, her butt when they walk when we walked by, like, why? They would walk.
2: block her, oh, yeah. what yeah. a son. <laughs>
1: I know, yeah. So there's so much of that that I just... Wow. I just... um, You
0: witnessed your mom getting catcalled. Wow. I never even thought, like, who catcalls a lady with kids? That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I know. It wasn't cool. I was deeply affected by that. Yeah.
0: Wow. I live in the Tenderloin, and I don't know if it's catcalling or complimenting sometimes, because I walked by a dude, and he said, Girl... You've been living a long time to look 22.
1: That's, hey, that's a compliment. That's charming.
0: That's a compliment. I'm like, what's the line? What, of what? the cross
1: streets, if you don't mind me asking?
0: Oh, it was um, McAllister and Jones. Oh, nice. And I was coming down to get on the nine bus down there at the bottom of that. And uh, I was like, that that was really cheeky. That was good. And another one I got was... um. You got a nice fit on today and i was like thank you like i get that i have an outfit i am fit it's like a double entendre on the street i was like that's a compliment that's fine but then a guy rolled by the other day in a car and yelled out the window like do you need directions anywhere and i was like or he was asking me he was asking me like something, but I was like, you're yelling at me out your window. Like, what? I felt like that was calling Because I was like, why are you yelling at me out your window? Like, what do you feel? I don't know. It felt, maybe because he was in a car, it felt like impersonal. Like,
1: oh my gosh. I, I, I remember, it was, I <laughs> actually really enjoyed um, being a kid. We used to um, yell at people out the window. Now, that was fun. I mean, you're on the freeway, and they're like, yeah, but you know, you're in the East Bay. When you're in the East Bay, and you're, it's it's something, you know, in San Francisco, it's a whole different thing. You got someone yelling at you. You don't look. Oh,
0: right, 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 because people are crazy on the street. I remember just
1: yelling at people like,
3: "Excuse me, sir!"
1: (laughs) I got the window, and then they get you get them to look, and then they look back. No, not you, sir. You,
3: sir. Excuse me.
1: (laughs) It was just freaking. It was just so fun. For whatever reason, I always really enjoyed that. You know, there was a vocalist of this band and she um, I was like gosh you know we gotta get your road rage on I feel like that's like vocally that's kind of where I, I that kind of came from sure because you're just like you yelling you know and it's just all for fun you know it's just like bah! but um and you can tell the difference I
0: guess I mean in LA though you can't yell at people out your car I mean they might pull a gun on you <laughs> like what are you gonna yeah. <laughs> like you can't road rage is real I mean, or, I don't know. But if they're kids, you hear a kid's voice. That's cute. I don't know. Do you still drive?
1: I do, yeah. You live in the city? I do. I live in Bernalwood, yeah. Oh, wow.
0: That's nice.
1: I love Bernal up there.
0: Bernal's the best na- Bernal's the best neighborhood because you they only have street sweeping every other week. Like, there's such good parking in Bernal. It's crazy. It's like, street sweeping every second Thursday or something. And it's like, what? And there's, I, I babysit for some people up there and I've noticed the parking signs. I'm like, why do they only have street sweeping once every two weeks? What is this magical place? Yeah. Bernal Heights.
1: It's really fun too. And they have, you know, like um, the knockout. Oh yeah. And they have, you know, they, that's a well, really Wildside West, th- do
0: you like that place?
1: I do. That's one of my top favorites. I like because you know, if you want to get, you know, some fresh air, they have a
0: the back pattern yeah yeah Yeah. it's a it's a cool street that court they're keeping it and you know what I'm impressed about Bernal is that they decided when the city was first growing in like 1908 and like 1912 and shit like that they're like we're not gonna build on top of this hill and they said no and it was like the community of Bernal that said we're not ever going to build up here and they're the ones that keep it and cause look at that beautiful it's great like yay there's still a mountaintop without houses on it yay but people look at it and they must be like why are they building up there but it's the people at Bernal Heights that are like never so good on you. <laughs> yeah
1: it's um it's really great I mean I like going for that walk up the top to the top of the hill it's a and then also, you know, you got the 14 and the 49, you could jump out there, you could be, you know, Ghirardelli Square or the Ferry Building, like, it yeah. comes every three minutes. And so, I did live in the Tenderloin before, uh, um, before I moved out there, and I thought was there, it was on like Geary and Polk Street. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that, they're trying to I'm call. Geary
0: and Leavenworth, so I'm oh, nice. super close to, right. Yeah. Were you in the Rex
1: Arms? <laughs> I that was actually um, at this place called the President. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. The Rex Arms is on the corner there. One of my buddies lived there.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's um, I really liked. It. I I it on the top floor of this building. Um, it had a, a skyline view. Wow. I remember because I'm always oh, always about it was about the view. You know, I was like, man, this is so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that I would miss living downtown when I moved out to Birtle Heights. I was a little bit concerned. I am a logical thinker. Um, and it you know I was able to park my car. It was easier to park my car, and then you got. You know, Glen Park and you got twenty fourth Street Bar station right there. Being I could be downtown faster than would if I were to walk from Geary and Polk Street to downtown on Barn. Yeah. Not have to jump over, you know, the problem that we need it you know.
0: Right, yeah. Geary's not so bad because um crackheads don't like to walk uphill. So like it usually rolls down I I've been at Geary and Leavenworth for twelve years now. Twelve. A long time. And I love it. Yeah, I I fucking love it. Like, but I'll never leave because I'm under rent control. And so I can't. If I ever left my apartment, I'd have to leave San Francisco for good. I couldn't afford it
1: here anymore. There's just no way. Yeah, no. So that's a really interesting thing to be. So I'd be curious to kind of, you know, round up, you know, group people. And because it is so expensive to live here. But I feel like at the same time, that's why when you're paying that much to live it's like you yeah. work that much more which is good and bad I mean like the quality of your life I don't know I always enjoyed working mm. but um yeah I'd be curious to kind of just see you know when you're paying $4,200 to, to live somewhere like is that's crazy I know
0: in the rents it's, that's that's pretty normal right now like even moving into the tenderloin it's cost like 3000 for a studio that's what's happening right now and it's like in the Tenderloin you're paying $3,000 a month for a studio? I it's just kind of mind-boggling to me.
1: Yeah, so it's uh it's really interesting what's happening and like I said I anything negative I look at as a challenge. The real estate market is, you know, that's a, you know, the homeowners here it doesn't make sense from the to, to sell because if they sell it, you know, if you you can't walk away. I feel like for me it's got to be a good business, you know, investment yeah. or a good investment in general right. that, you know, if I buy a place that if I, you know, wanted to go on Yeah, basically I feel like if you should be able to rent it out and it should pay for itself.
0: Right. It's like impossible when the houses are one point
4: five million in just a yeah. regular neighborhood. Like what?
1: Yeah, so that's what it was is you know, I met I met someone, uh, one of my neighbors bought this house down the street for one point six million. Him and his wife and kid, you know, they put a five hundred thousand dollar down payment on it. What the and their mortgage was in homeowner's insurance is still $6,000. And uh, I'm saying, like, that's that's insane. I mean... That's insane. It was a two-bedroom, one-bath. What? But for me, I mean, like, gosh, if you were to, to walk away from that or you were to, you know, step out and be like, hey, I want to rent this rent this place out, you'd have to rent it out for $6,000 for it to pay for itself. Or you'd have to take... you have to rent it out for less and be paying on... Right. Yeah. So it just doesn't make logical sense. It doesn't make logical sense. Well, in this
0: city, you either have to be really, really poor or really, really rich in that I make about I make sixteen thousand dollars a year because if I there's a there's a gap. Like if I make sixteen thousand dollars a year, I get food stamps and I get free health care. I get all kinds of wonderful things. But if there's this weird gap that the only way to to make it worth not being poor is to make be rich. It's like I'd have to make $42,000 a year to live the same lifestyle I'm living, but if I had to, say, pay for my own insurance and pay for all of these kinds of, like, lifestyle, I don't have a car, so that's easier. But if I had a car, and I mean, the only way to have a car and live in the city and have health care and eat is if you make over $42,000 a year, you have to. Or... You just slip to the bottom end and like, I'm an artist, I make nothing, look, take care of me. But then it's like, don't, do we we just not value art as labor? Do we just say that entertainment is labor that you enjoy so you don't get paid for it? It's like, it kind of feel like it's sort of a fuck you to be like, how come this thing I do that's, I think art is labor. I think that when you create something, that's labor. It takes work and time and what is that time worth? And why is some time when you write a song, like I it's great that you stand on a stage and people are gonna value you and listen. But like you're an artist. Why can't you just be paid to be an artist?
1: Yeah, I know and some other countries are like that. I'm not, you know, an expert. Um I know in you know, some other countries, you know, France and you know, it's um that's a really big thing and you know, maybe that's you know, we have a lot of challenges that we face as a, as a, um, democracy. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I feel like that's what we're really missing is the art, you know, and that's what it was. You know, you know, you got the sixties and it was really big, obviously here in San Francisco where they imagine this, this world, this better world, um, through their art. And I feel like it almost became that, you know, will you imagine I mean, with the Beatles and with, yeah. the you know, all these big bands of Stones and, you know, it's just... I have to ask you, are you Beatles or Stones?
0: I gotta go Beatles. Me
1: too. I feel like I am a Beatles guy trapped in a Rolling Stones world walking down in these streets. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I I, I don't know. The Beatles wrote such great songs. I mean, the Stones did too, but, like, I just kind of have a problem with Mick Jagger as a person. I mean, I like to make fun of him. I like to, like, walk... I like to do, like, his little... But, and Keith Richards, like, is that guy still alive? Like, how are they doing... How are they keeping that man alive? Like, is it the drugs just pickled his body and he's going to live forever? Is he getting, like, infusions of baby blood? Like, how is he staying alive? I don't know.
1: I thought it was hilarious, is that um, someone was saying this uh, uh, the other day that, um, as an an actor, and and not me, but Jack Nicholson and, and, and Keith Richards in the same room together... That Keith Richards is the one is the guy that says, "Hey, you know what, Jack? I've had enough." <laughs> I, uh... Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean, all those. I mean, I can't believe their hearts haven't exploded from all the cocaine. Look at poor John Ritter. When John Ritter died, everyone was like, "Oh, it's so young," and for him to have a heart attack and his heart to explode like that or whatever. And I'm like. Dude, he did so much cocaine in night from eight seventy seventy seven to 84. Are you fucking kidding me? You don't think he was she high was as f- fuck during all those threes companies? Like, yeah. he was. You watch that thing. Same thing with fucking Mork um, and Mindy. You watch that, and it's like Robin Williams was clearly high out of his motherfucking mind. They all were in the yeah, early days. You it know
1: was, what? I, I, I bet you it was snowing every day.
0: Every day it was snowing in Colorado on the set of Mork and Mindy. <laughs> I mean, he was. I, I watch those shows now and I'm just like, everyone was on cocaine. Wow. Wow. I can't do those rock star drugs anymore. I'm too old.
1: Um, you know the, the one time a truck driver is a rock star? When he's hauling out. Ah! <laughs> you need to open
0: your set with that. You got it. That is a hilarious joke. That is great. That is hilarious.
1: Uh, we're, my uncle's a truck driver. Oh, he also wow. Did everything, too.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that stuff is. I could never. I The only truck driving experience I ever had was in 2003. I drove the truck back from Burning Man. And so I drove this huge rider truck back from Burning Man. And I drove for like 23 hours, and I thought I was going to lose my mind. And I was crazy. I wouldn't give it up, but, two. I was like, I'm going to finish this trip. Nobody else is driving this truck. I'm in a fit. I mean, and I was losing my fucking mind. Yeah, uh, we're rolling up to the end of the show. Uh, I'm with J.W. Blunt, who's playing this Sunday at Hotel Utah. It's only ten dollars. You really should go to the show. Six o'clock. Do you want to play one more song first? Sure. Us? Yeah.
3: Yay! Take you back to the future. Everyone and everything is a beautiful creature. I take you back To the future Everyone and everything is a beautiful creature Alejandra, 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 They're not making more land We're not getting any younger Every day is the first day of summer Alejandra, 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 Alejandra. She's chilling like Bob Dylan, like a match Johnny Cash She's just a man with six strings attached She's just a man, she's just a man Woman, woman! Alejandra, Ale, Adelae Alejandra, Ale, I take it back to the future Everyone and everything is a beautiful creature Velvet Cantina Latin America Club and taking the meaning back to the real San Panchas, Uh huh. Alejandra, Ale, Underlay. Alejandra, Ale, Underlay. i take you back to the future. Everyone and everything is a beautiful creature. i take you back to the future. Everyone and everything is a beautiful creature. In the summer wind, June 2nd, at 6 p.m., bring your friend or date, bring your dog, bring your mom, six o'clock.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yay! See you on
3: Sunday.
0: Yeah, I felt like that was a song about the time traveling Tamale lady. That was great. Like if I ever make the time traveling Tamale lady uh, th- sketch, I gotta use your song as the as the fucking like theme song. You said it sounds like a good th- actually, it sounds like an amazing theme song for anything. Like you're a good song. You're- I can't wait for Sunday. It's
1: very Mission District, huh?
0: Yeah, I know. You talked about the Latin. Did the Latin America club close?
1: No, it's still oh, there good. on twenty second. Yeah, so Velvet Cantina is another place. of Mer Club, across the street from the make-out Room. Yeah, that's a great spot too. It's a
0: great place to perform too, don't they? They do. They do like that's like a good venue for uh, singer songwriters and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's Let's uh, come together. We did. We yeah. I um, you know had a friend you know uh, play a show there recently. It's a it's a great venue. Um, there's a, there's definitely a lot going on. I just feel like a lot of folks, you know, are really kind of on their phone, but I think we just got to get out there on the street, you know, I, it's fun. So,
0: well, someone hopefully will tape you on Sunday at Hotel Utah at six o'clock and then you can put it on YouTube and then, and then everyone can watch you and, but they should go and see it live in person. So this has been a super fun time. And I thank you so much. Again, this has been JW Blunt on Some Call Me Tim. I'm Pam. I'll see you guys next week. Yay!
4: But we'd love to see you every Friday 8 to 10 down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh environment you Save your life. Cause you know what's better than laughter? Well it's a cash cock, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right.
5: With, with, with diamond Let's life flourish We can find that
2: common thread We don't, 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 don't
7: Like the last so, so if you're in your car and you're listening to one radio station, station, you're radio station. you're featuring all, all the others. Are, they are 3D in all, in all frequencies, and you're key, key them, so just listen to, to one specific fixed.
2: Saturday, Saturday, two.
7: And you lead. The sound quality, quality, good, and you understand, understand, that's playing, playing. <laughs> However, however, if your radio video is not fine two, too, you might might two or two or three or more stay stations at the same time. <laughs>
8: Ghost, then get him. Counter off for sun This is Social will with in the Radio. Big up to the number one station that rules the Holy nation. Give it to me every time. Ah!
6: Billy Bob, you ever wanna be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever wanna be like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons Oh, shit. joke workshop? Yep, every Monday 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius.
9: So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8?
6: That's what I'm saying. It's- Some call me Tim. It's the show. Second in a row.
1: With your host from Fly Classic. Giving you uh, belief in faith-based sounds. bye
2: We measure Oh
5: stray from him. No, never. He's the dearest friend I've ever knew.
7: wanted her to deliver her child. Surely God would provide her with a proper place. Still the day had passed and her husband had failed to return. The evening drew nigh and the snow fell while her heart trembled between hope and anxiety. Thus she was in a quivering gladness when her husband arrived with the happy tidings. Come, my wife. God has provided for the delivery of your child, a right place among righteous people according to your hopes and prayers. Meanwhile, with their modest means, the shepherd and his wife prepared a place for Mary's delivery. They moved their own children to the homes of neighbors and prepared a manger in which they lay straw and many hides. When neighboring shepherds heard this tale of the strangers who had come to a town in Israel and searched for shelter among the great and mighty and had not found it, they became suddenly alert with sympathy. Their own stores, of which there was never quite enough, were given now with an understanding of the real needs of others. They helped to remove the flock, leaving only so many beasts as to keep the place warm from the chill of night. And when Joseph arrived with his wife, Mary found her place prepared for her in cleanliness and security, as if God himself had prepared it with his own hands. And it was when Mary delivered the child that the snow ceased falling, and the clouds disappeared from the face of the earth. The skies were filled with stars whose number and brightness man had never known before. And it was like the grace of God coming down to earth, for the ground shone with a pale greenish light. All the hills and valleys were transformed into a shining green pasture. And the grace of God, like the wings of great eagles on pale blue skies, blended the heavens and the earth till they became one, and the glory of God shone from heaven, and the peace of God rested on the face of the earth. When the shepherds saw from the thresholds of their doors the green pastures shining in the bright light of the stars, they said to one another, Come, see how the earth has transformed itself. This fresh greenness we never would have thought to witness at this time of the year. It's nothing less than the grace of God come to the earth. Let us go out and graze our flocks, for the pastures are thick with rich herbs. Or the shepherds had finished speaking, their flocks, which were gathered under the roof from the chill of the snow, began to peek out on the green fields. Astonishment lay in their animal eyes. Here and there, the sheep went out after their leaders without waiting for the command. And so it happened that when the shepherds came out after their sheep, they found other shepherds grazing their flocks in the green meadows of the valleys and up in the hillocks. It was as as though the whole hillside had been transformed into a peculiar time that was neither day nor night. The strange brightness descending from the radiant stars was a light neither like the sun nor like the moon. It was as if the heavens were covered with a shimmering gleam of pearl. The bright stars wandered on the milky roads of the heavens like strangers coming from a distant universe and there were among them stars whose shapes had never been seen before by human eyes. These came from a mysterious place where God kept hidden the light which was now to shine when the Messiah came to the earth. A quietness came over the world. It was as if the days of the lost paradise had been renewed. Soundlessly the sheep moved unto the hills. Many, many flocks from all the surrounding meadow ascended until they covered the whole hillside with their woolly, thick white coats gleaming under the bright light of the stars. So the shepherds, too, gathered together. Among them were those who came from distant places and had not seen each other for a long, long time. When they recognized one another, an outstanding gladness fell over them, they greeted each other with kisses and embracing dear brothers blessed be your coming among our pastures how is it you travel such distance with your flocks and what is the purpose for your coming we too were guided by these stars which shine over your hills never have we seen such a shining light in the heavens before A very great thing must be happening here in your pastures, and we have come to learn what it is. When they said this, a great joy overcame them for this thing which had surely happened, and at the same time a great trembling in expectation of something strange and ethereal, which the stars had summoned them to witness. While they remained quivering in anticipation of what might happen any moment, they saw an angel of God Shoot out from the stars and descend toward them. He was in the form of a man of giant-like appearance with strong heavenly wings. In a flash he was standing before them, and the shepherds with shaking bodies fell on their faces to the earth, for they were sore afraid now. The angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. When the angel spoke to the shepherds, a multitude of the heavenly host burst from the heavens and filled the air with a song which was heard from one end of the world to the other. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward man. A serenity filled the air, as if creation had fulfilled the mission to which God had assigned it on the first day harmonious fulfillment of the day of paradise and renewed itself on the earth. As the angels were going away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they went under the guidance of the stars, and they came unto the door of the dwelling, which Joseph had brought Mary and they found the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. His young mother was lying near him on the sheepskin which the shepherds had provided for. The wife of the shepherd was sitting near her and comforting the mother and child with milk and honey to strengthen them. The beasts brought in from the chill of night were still with them about the manger. They licked the mother and child with their warm, moist tongues, as they would do to their own newborn. Joseph with the shepherd host was attending them and preparing all necessary things. And it happened that when the shepherd visitors came in and saw the babe in the manger, with the Spirit of God shining from his face, they said to one another, No one except the Savior, which is Christ the Lord, was born here today to the house of Israel in Bethlehem, in the city of David, even as the prophets have prophesied. Blessed be God Almighty in heaven, for he has fulfilled the promise which he gave unto our fathers, the promise of a Redeemer for Israel, a Savior for mankind, and a Messiah for the world fell on their knees before the manger and spread out their arms to the child and cried, Blessed be the fulfillment. When the inhabitants of the dwelling heard of the proclamation of the shepherds, they also fell before the cradle and called, Blessed be the fulfillment. Only the young mother of the child bathed her face with her own tears out of pure joy pondered all these things in her heart, and a gladness and a joy befell all those who were with the child. And they repeated the words of the angel in song, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and good will toward men. The shepherds left then and went toward Bethlehem, the city, to bring to the people the good tidings concerning these things that had happened to them in the pastures and to proclaim to them the glory of God which they had seen in the child who lay in the manger.
3: FM, some call me Tim, is Evening. the show you're
9: listening to. We're to pray. It's now, all faith, faith and belief
1: based God. sounds.
10: You. Amen. Faith believe. Oh God, I am the yes. Father, Lord, as we oh. come before the throne of grace. Father, we we come, Lord, this morning as Uncle God, as we know now. Father, we know this morning, Lord, in heaven. You know how it is when one goes off from home and they stay a long time and they come back everybody greets you so they love you, they hug you. Those that's been gone for years what a reunion that's going to be. We'll meet in the air and thank God I believe there will be some rumbling. I believe there'll be some shouting in the air. All of oh, God's people gathered in the air to meet the Lord. Praise the Lord, Praise which one? do she wants to sing "Precious Memories"? I trust it will be a blessing to you. <coughs> Precious
9: memories. May-